let's take these needs and any others that come to heart. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord God, that you're the author and the finisher of our faith. And Lord, we just we ask Holy Spirit right now, we welcome you into every circumstance, every body. Lord God, for this young man, Lord God, that needs a touch, Lord, I pray that, Father, there would be healing, Lord God, take place. And Lord, that you would give him a miracle, Lord, raise him up, Father God, complete and total recovery. I pray, Father God, that you would comfort, Lord, Yvonne's dad tonight. And that, Lord, the passing in these stones would be quick. And I pray, Father God, that you would comfort him in Jesus' holy name. Father, we pray tonight, Lord God, Lord, for the Jesse's mom, that, Lord God, that you would reach down, Lord God, and dissolve this mass, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you, Lord God, would give grace, God, and mercy and healing. Father, touch every need that is here tonight, Lord. Continue to heal Glenn Jones and Eva, Eva, Father God. I pray in Jesus' name that you will stretch your hand out, Lord God, and touch Linda tonight. And, Father, every need that is on the pressing upon the hearts in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and let's go over to... Uh, Let's go over to Ephesians, the second chapter. Ephesians, the second chapter. As you're, um, and then we're going to go to also to James, uh, the book of James afterwards. And so uh, Ephesians, Ephesians uh, 2, and then we're going to go over to James 4. Ephesians 2, then James 4. A couple of quick announcements. July 1st, we're going to have men's prayer breakfast. Did you enjoy Father's Day? It's my, I enjoyed Father's Day for obvious reasons, but it was a great day to be in the house of the Lord. And I think it might have been one of our biggest Father's Day crowd. And So thank you for coming. I hope you enjoyed the breakfast and all the festivities. Uh, July the 12th, mark this on your calendar. We're going to have a worship night here in the sanctuary. July 12th, Wednesday night. We're going to start at 6. It's from 6 to 8. We've got some uh, special uh, guests that will be coming and joining our worship team. And I believe, folks, that God inhabits the praises of his people. Amen? And I don't know about you, but I, I think we can enter into worship and begin to see the glory of God. I believe it's one of, the, one of the weapons God will use and one of the tools that God will use is prophetic worship to begin to break down the walls that we talked about tonight. And so I want to encourage you, there's, there's invite cards out there. Get your friends, get your family. Use this as an instrument and a tool to, to get them to come in. And let's just enjoy the presence of the Lord. Amen? All right, tonight I want to talk to you about empowered by grace. Let's look at Ephesians 2. And as we turn there, once more I want to go to the Lord and ask for his help. Father, we just thank you. Lord, I just ask tonight, Lord, this... As God, as I knock, Lord God, in faith, Lord, I just pray that grace will be open to us. I pray that your voice will be heard. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you, Lord, into this house. And it's your grace, God, that we need in this hour that we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ephesians 2 and uh, verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses. Made us alive together with Christ. I love this. By grace you have been saved. Can somebody say amen? But it goes a little deeper than that. And raised us up together 
and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We'll be talking about that repetitively tonight. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So as we look here at this, this word grace, as we see here what we're talking about and what we want to understand is the importance of grace. And we need to have a healthy relationship with grace. Paul believed it was so important that in Romans 1 and 7, he made his salutation, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He said this again in 1 Corinthians 1 and 3, 2 Corinthians 1 and 2, Galatians 1 and 3, Ephesians 1 and 2, Philippians 1 and 2, in Colossians 1 and 2, in 1 Thessalonians 1 and 1, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 2, and Philemon 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul believed grace was important. He was a man that not just taught grace, he walked in grace. So what is this grace that we speak about? I love it when you begin to unfold and unpack and you dig a little deeper beyond the surface of the English words and you get into the heart of what the the meaning of the word is. The word means grace as a gift or blessing brought to man by Christ Jesus. It it, it means in in, in, in literal sense, it means a leaning towards to share benefit means a leaning toward to share benefit. In other words, God leans toward us not to withhold his benefits from us. He leans in. So often we use that phrase, go ahead and lean on in. He leans in so that we can be partakers of the goodness that God has. It means to freely extended to give himself, the Lord freely extends to give himself away to his people because he's always leaning toward us. Now, I know there's a lot of, and in the word, I don't want to take away from that definition. I just want to maybe clarify that definition because grace does mean unmerited favor, but it's more than that. I'm going to say that grace means In the simplest terms, it means the empowered favor of God. The empowered favor of God. So it it enables us to do what we we couldn't do without it. Amen? And so as we look here, it's God's empowering favor. Now, it's a spiritual condition that the theologians call in the Latin status Gracias. That's the Greek, or that's the Latin. It's the state of grace. It's media gratia. It means means of grace, solo gratia, by grace alone. So it, it's an understanding that we can be in a state of grace whereby we have the means of grace where we understand that it is by grace alone that we are saved. Mm. 
So as we look here, I want you to pick up on this. Not of works, not of works, not works, works, <laughs> least any one should boast. See, our mission is to know him and to make him known. Our mission is to know him because according to 1 John 4, 17, because as he is, as he is, right now as he is, so are we in the world. So to know him is to know us. To know him is to know who I am or who I should be. He's not the example for us. He's the example of us. So when I understand who he is, now I understand who I am. Not of works, least any man should boast. Now the knowledge of him, would you agree that our mission is to know him and to make him known? No matter what area of ministry you go into, whether it is worship, whether it is greeting at the back door, whether it is teaching a class uh, or on the workplace or evangelism, it doesn't make any difference what area that you're called into. Your mission is to know him and to make him known. That's the cause and the call that God has placed upon the church so that others may know who they should be in him. But see, the knowledge of him the knowledge of him is hidden in humility. For in humility, we find the empowering of God's grace. See, the Lord loves to hide things. He'll hide a king in the, in the field tending sheep. He'll hide a deliverer under Pharaoh's nose. He will, he will hide himself. Uh, he will hide himself uh, literally uh, in, in a manger and not even present himself as king of kings and lord of lords. See, the grace of God is hidden in humility. The Lord loves to hide things because it is the glory of the Lord to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search the matter out. And so if you want to walk in that place of authority of kingship, with the Lord, you've got to be willing to do some knocking, do some searching, and do some pursuing. Amen? Because the Lord loves to hide things. He loves to just put things in, in peculiar places. He likes to take his treasure that maybe the world looks at it and says, oh, this is trash. There's nothing you can do with this. And uh, the Lord will shake it off and clean it up, and he'll set it up and say, I, I didn't see that in there. <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see that diamond in the midst of that coal. I didn't see that. I didn't see that gold buried in that rock. I didn't see what you saw. But see, the Lord saw in that that treasure hidden in the field. The Lord loves to hide things. So He hides His grace and He hides the knowledge of Him. Is hidden in humility. How do we know this? James four and six. God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. See, the, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. See, the knowledge of him is hidden in humility. The knowledge of him is hidden in humility. He resists the proud. See, grace is reserved for the humble and refused to the proud. Grace is reserved for the humble. And it is refused to the proud. They can't even get there. They're blinded by it. 
They can't even see what they need to see. Now, in just a few moments, we're going to talk a little bit more about this pride that we're discussing. See, water always flows to the lowest place. You know, you want to be filled to overflowing, and you want to be the first to be filled, just get lower. You don't know where to go, just go lower. Don't take the upper seat. Don't go to the room and look for the higher seat. Take the lower seat. My God, take the lower seat and be wait to be called up. If we would just wait, then when our strength would be renewed, we just want to get to the front seat when we should, we should lower ourselves and, and just get a little bit lower and wait as long as you need to wait because then God can say, okay, my spirit's going to pour out. I'm going to find me some low places to fill up first. Now, let me, just one of my favorite authors, you've heard me quote him before, but he just puts some good things about, about humility I'd like to share with you tonight. This is Andrew Murray's, his, his position on humility. He says, place yourself before God. In your utter helplessness, consent heartily to the fact of your impotence to slay or to make yourself or make alive yourself. Sink down into your own nothingness in the spirit of meek and patient and trustful surrender to God. Accept every humiliation. Look upon every fellow man who tries or vexes you as a means of God's grace to humble you. Use every opportunity of humbling yourself before your fellow men as a help to abide humble before God. God will accept such humbling of yourself as the proof that your whole heart desires it, as the very best prayer for it, as your preparation for his mighty work of grace. When by the mighty strengthening of the Holy Spirit, he reveals Christ fully in you, so that he, in his form of a servant, is truly formed inside of you and dwells in your heart. It is the path of humility which leads to perfect death. The full and perfect experience that we are dead in Christ. Hmm. Wow. So what is that? That takes my eyes off man. And if they try to vex me, oh, thank you, Lord. This is a great opportunity for me to humble myself under the mighty hand of God. Oh, Lord, they, they're really irritating me today. Lord, they, I didn't know that, Lord, I wasn't a, that, that much of a servant because I, when they started treating me like one, I, I started becoming resistant toward it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me back up, get my eyes off man, and just thank man for bringing me to that place of humiliation so that I can exalt the Almighty God. Because how could I? position myself higher than my Lord when he chose the lowliest position in the house when it came. He didn't choose the high seat. He chose the low seat. But see, you're not understanding this now, but you're going to understand this days to come. You can't do this yourself, Peter, James, and John. You can't do this. Oh, no, you're not washing my feet. Lord, you, you can't do that. Oh, if I don't, then you're not going to be ready for what I have in store for you. You're not going to be fit for the kingdom of God. So what happens? He humbled himself under the, 
under the Lord. And see, we, we can't kill ourselves. <laughs> we can't. Uh, that's, called, that's called suicide. We can't, we can't do that. <laughs> We got to welcome the Holy Spirit in and let the operation of the fruit of who He is begin to take place in our heart. So that now, all of a sudden, my opinions are not the most important, uh, not most important factor in the room. What I want out of the situation is not what's most important. What's most important is, God, are you being formed in my heart? Am I really, truly being formed into your image? Because, God, you resist the proud, but you give grace. Empowering favor to the humble. To the humble. Now, let me say to you this, and and, and we may not get into the deep throes of it tonight, but understand this. Humility is understanding your source, okay? Let's let's take away the personalities and what we, and, and maybe the forlorn looks of, I'm so humble. And let me say to you tonight, insecurity is not the new humble. Self-defamation is not humility. Humility is an understanding. It's a state of being. It is a position that you have taken because you understand that the Holy Spirit has put you there in that place and you know your source. You know from whence you have come. You can go to the rock and to the pit in which he pulled you out of and you say, I was there, but by the grace of Almighty God, I'm now here. Amen? See, Grace is not of works, at least anyone should boast. Grace sources us with the unobtainable. Grace sources us with the unobtainable. If I can earn it, it's not grace. If I can go out and work for it, can't call that grace. If I can earn my salvation, then my salvation is not of grace. If I can earn the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if I can earn the healing, it's not of grace. See what I'm saying? Not of works, least any man should boast. Not of works, least any man should boast. Grace sources me with the unobtainable. Grace sources me with the unobtainable. Now, we talked about Sunday, and i just like to draw a little bit from this again as we think about the well. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewned out themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. If you forsake the fountain of living water, guess what? You're going to go for a life source somewhere. You can't avoid it. You're going to seek for life. You're a living being. You're living physically. You're living spiritually. You're a a person that if you forsake, why do you think spiritualism is running rampant in our land today? It's because people are looking for a life source outside of God. But you can seek for a life source in your achievements. You can seek for life source in relationships. You can seek for life sources outside of God. 
And I'm not saying relationships are bad, but they cannot substitute your relationship with God. See, if it is, it's, the, it's the sin of forsaking and faking. You have forsaken two evils that the children of Israel had committed. They had forsaken the fountain of living water and hewn out their own caveat, their own container, their own resource collector, and they, they've hewn out those cisterns, and the Lord said they're not going, anything that fell in there to begin with was God's grace to start with, because the water that, was, that they were looking for to go into it came from him to begin with. But he said, I'm not going to bless that. It's broken. It's not going to contain. But you can dig down deep into the unseen resources of that living water that is always flowing from a source that did not come from the earth. That's where the Lord wants us to abide. Not in ourselves, but in him. In that endless resource of the living God that is always replenishing, always moving, always calling causing us to do more, have more, be more than we ever thought we could be. Two evils. Cistrancy are the result of self-effort. See, workers receive wages. Workers' wages speak of work. But see, gifts speak of relationship. Now, I'd love to give all of you a Christmas present, but I'm not going to can't afford to <laughs> nor can you afford to give me a present all of you but who are you going to give your gifts to come Christmas time you're going to give those to closest relationship see gifts speak of relationship my children are not going to have to earn gifts from mom and dad and certainly my grandkids are not going to have to earn <laughs> from Nani and pops they're going to get it because I'm going to give it to them amen that's grace. See, that word rich right there, rich in mercy, rich in mercy, that word rich, I love this. It means, speaking of God, he's rich in mercy. He is fully resourced. <laughs> he's fully resourced. What does it mean to be rich in the Lord? It means you're fully resourced by him. And, and in other words, he doesn't have to call me for a loan. He didn't, have to, he didn't have to reach out to me and say, hey, could you sell me some cash today? Hey, could you pull up your Venmo app? Mike, I need, I need a little, little pick-me-up. I, I need a little something to get me by until payday. I, I've got these needs that are out there. No, God doesn't. He's fully resourced. He's the fountain of living water. See, he wants to bring us into this relationship. Now, hear this. As we looked at this, we see that grace Sources the unobtainable. You are in relationship today, not by works because you cannot boast about it. You're there because of God's grace. You've entered in to that. It's, it's nothing you have. You have we're, we're about to look at how we get to that place. But see, grace is hidden in humility, and grace sources the unobtainable in our life. But see, grace also seats us in rest. 
Did you notice what the text there said? It says, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. He raised us up together. Once he raised us up together, he made us sit together in heavenly places. I've told you before, I'm I'm just going to share this with you again. Faith is our response to God. Grace is his response to us. Faith is the knocking at the door. Grace is the opening of the door. Grace is the invitation into the room. Grace brings us over and says, you can sit here. That's what grace is. See, grace is not impressed by what I have done. Rather, grace is impressed in who I have received. Grace is not the steps it takes to get to God. Rather, the manner in which I walk with God. See, what is faith? It's knocking at the door. It's knocking at the door. Saying, Lord, can I come into your house? Lord, I'm I'm reaching out by faith. This is my response to him. He has given me invitation, so I'm knocking at his door. And when he, grace comes and says, yes, oh yes, I have been waiting on you, opens the door and says, I've not only been waiting on you, I have a place for you to sit. It's right here in Christ. (laughs) Because you are risen with him, now you are seated with him. So grace brings me to rest. Grace is the empowering favor that brings me to rest. So if I'm living angst, if I'm living like I'm not in favor, if I'm living like I've got to earn something from God, I'm living like I have like failed and there's no redemption for me even though I've repented, then I'm not walking in grace. I'm still trying to work this thing out by myself. But if we will just reach up by faith and knock on the door of grace, grace will open up and say, oh, yes, oh, yes. Come in and sit down with Christ Jesus. See, grace brings us to rest. Now, Paul wrote this letter to Ephesus. We, a few short few months ago, had actually gone to Ephesus. Amazing place. It's modern day Turkey now. <clears throat> but we went there. As we go in, we're listening to the tour guide, and the tour guide. We get these headsets on, and they're telling us all about it. And everybody's following along, and and uh, Andrew and I, we're just we're just we're buzzing up one side and down the other. And I'm looking behind this, and we're down the other. We're we're just in and out. we're we, we're listening, but we're weaving in and out because we want to see everything. We want to see every rock that's there. So we're coming along there, and we reach a, a certain point in the in the street and they said at, from this point forward none of the servants could enter into the city in fact this area that we're in right here which was a smaller portion of the city in this area right here this is where the slaves and the servants and the peasants this is where they would shop and you couldn't cross over this little area into 
the, the city unless you were a person of nobility, unless you were a person of high standing. And the only way that a servant could go in there is if they were in service to their master. So they couldn't go in. They could only go so far. But see, here's the thing, church. Grace helps us to realize and empowers us with a new identity. See, we were held outside of the city because we didn't have the right name. We were held outside the heavenly graces because you can't get in there when you don't have the right pass. When you don't have the right... See, and it's not a... It's, it's, it, it sounds almost contradictory, what I'm telling you. But it's, it's a humility in that you know who has brought you in to those heavenly places. You know who has changed you into who you are. You know now by grace and grace alone it is not of works least any man should boast. You are not of the slave quarter anymore. You're not of the peasants anymore. No, you're a child of the king and you can walk into the, into the area that the rule he can walk into. Amen? See, so grace re-identifies us. Not to bring us to an arrogant boast in who we are, but it most certainly causes you to take a big sigh of relief and just saying, look, it is my faith in Christ's completed work that causes me not to be at angst anymore. Because if I'm earning this, then I'm not really receiving. See, that earning, folks, that's the pride. We think of the proud as being some snooty, haughty person that would walk outside and they'd drown in the rain because their head stuck up so high. And water run in their nose and they just, you know what I'm saying? We, we think of arrogance as being, hey, that's that snooty person that's too good for everybody else. No, pride, folks, is believing you're sourcing your salvation, your ministry, your work. You know why people are able to do what they do? Why there's men of old and men of renown and women of renown, how in the kingdom of God, how that they're able to accomplish so many things for the kingdom of God? It's because they have been graced for it. It is by grace that you are saved. It is by grace that no one can boast. If you're boasting, you're boasting in the Lord. If you're boasting in yourself, then you better watch out because that's not going to get you very far. Grace is what empowers us, church, to do what we need to do. Amen? If you enjoy this message tonight, it's because God has graced it. And if, if you don't, then you need to get the devil out of your heart. No, that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> See, it's grace. God graces you to do what you're called to do. See, if you're continuing to walk in a place where you always feel like because of the batterment of the world, in the formidable years when you should have had that love, acceptance, security, you didn't have that 
and you've lived your whole life in this earning structure, it's hard to walk in grace. It's hard to walk in grace. This is not a message to empower liberalism and, and many of those that, that, that hear messages such as this and think, man, that's, they're, just, they're just, you know, this loosey-goosey stuff. I'm not talking loosey-goosey stuff. I'm talking about grace will make you more holy because the holiest one of all is the one who is humble. And the one who is humble is the one who understands the source in which they have, they have their salvation and how they walk. And they understand without this holiness, you're not going to see God. And it's not a holiness that comes from you. It's a holiness that comes from Him. It was imparted to you. In fact, the faith to receive it didn't even come from you to begin with. It is the gift that God gives you in order that you may have the ability to knock on the door. My God, I don't know about you, but that brings me to rest. See, so if you find yourself angst, and we all find ourselves in those places some, from time to time, where it just seems like there's a bombardment and bombardment, and sometimes there's, it takes a lot. Sometimes it takes a lot to get you off kilter. Sometimes there's the perfect storms that begin to develop. And those perfect storms begin to develop and knock you off your axis. And you're like, man, I'm spinning out of control. And it's more than intellect that's going to ground you. It's got to be more than just the knowledge and and the teaching There's got to be an impartation of the revelation of the grace of God. And what I want to anchor you in is this. God gives you that faith. You have that faith in you. And that faith is knocking at the door of grace. You're responding to your situation in faith. Stop scolding yourself because you feel like your emotions are not where they need to be. Fooey on the emotions. You just keep reaching out by faith. And when you keep reaching out by faith and you keep knocking by faith, that is your response to God. And God says, oh, yeah, now let me respond to you. And my response is grace. My empowering favor over you. And when you find yourself at rest, then you know you're seated with Christ. Amen? See, the grace of God is hidden in humility. It's hidden in humility. The only way to find the grace of God is through humility. Knowing who's sourcing you. Amen? Let me, let me say this. I believe God is bigger in the universe which he made I believe God is bigger than the devil I believe the Lord is bigger than the Democratic Democratic Party I believe the Lord is bigger than the Republican Party oh God get that revelation I believe the Lord is bigger than Joe Biden I believe the Lord is bigger than Donald Trump. I believe that the Lord is bigger than Vladimir Putin. I believe the Lord is bigger than it all. 
Heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. And I believe the Lord would echo from eternity, Church, you need to position me where only I can abide, and that is at the head of the church. God will not take back seat. He will only take the first seat. And once you put him in the first seat, we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and we watch him do what only he can do. He imparts grace to the humble. But let me tell you, if you walk in pride, you'll never find the grace of God because he will always be blinded to you. You can work and you can work and you can work and you can crawl on your hands and knees and you can bleed and you can try to find some sort of validation, some sort of merit, and you're never going to find it. And you can shake your fist in the face of God and say, Lord, this is not fair, this is not fair, this is not fair. Or you can quit relying on you and just look to him. And say, Lord, I trust you. I just trust you. Lord, I'm just going to find some rest today because I trust you. Amen? See, grace, I just believe the Lord is looking for someone, a lot of someones, that will just humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. And say, Lord, I just need you to source me. <laughs> you can make me pretty, but I'm dog ugly. Lord, you can, you can do what only you can do. You can take the, I'd rather have the anointed than the talented. I'd, I'd rather have the glory of God rested on somebody that doesn't speak proper English than to give up that glory for the right enunciation. Now, when you can marry the two, it's beautiful. <laughs> but it's a wonderful thing. When you can take the talented that are, and let them humble themselves, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm just saying if I have my druthers, I want the anointing over that. Amen? I want to be moved by the word that's being spoken. I want to be moved by the worships of being worshipped. I want to be moved by the hand that reaches out to me. I want to be moved by the glory of God. And the only way I can find that is not being the one who does it all. In and of themselves. <laughs> but one who says, God, you're my source. You're my source. Oh, God, I'm tired of this stagnant water in this cistern that I've hewned out. This cistern of works. God, you broke it. <laughs> Lord, you broke it. Now, Lord, what I'm needing, Lord God, is you to just take me back. Take me back. Take me back to that fountain of living water and the Lord would say to you I'm not just going to take you back I'm going to make the water come forth out of you oh father thank you Lord God tonight thank you Lord God tonight see we're not just supposed to go to the fountain we're supposed to become the fountain see the source is always going to be the same but he's looking for some new outlets it's the same river He's just looking for the, some new outlets. You go to Hot Springs, Arkansas. We lived there for several years. And there are different multiple points that you can go draw water from. It's all coming from the same source. 
back where we're, we're from, further west, there's the Trinity River that just runs underneath. And that's where everybody taps into to get their, well, get their water. They drill down and then tap into the Trinity. Can't see it. But it's there. How do you know? Because it's coming out. <laughs> it's, there's water coming out. <laughs> How do you know if somebody's tapped into the source? It's coming out. <laughs> How do you know that somebody has really, uh, uh, really tapped in and dug down deep and found the living water? Because there's a flow. <laughs> there's a flow, you know, and it's just going to begin to begin to pour out in you. Amen. And through you. <laughs> That's what God's looking for. Let's forsake this other stuff and let's go, let's go after grace. And then let's see what God's able to do. Amen? Father, thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Lord God, for the great grace, Lord God. Oh, Lord, the mark of the New Testament church was great grace. Oh, God, great grace rested upon them. Lord, we don't want anything less. We want great grace to rest upon this house. We want great grace to rest upon our family, Lord God. We want great grace, Lord God. Lord, to see the deliverance, Lord God, that you have in store for us, Lord. God, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you tonight to do something for me. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to bow your heads tonight. You didn't, you didn't come here by accident. If you're in this house tonight, so, man, I'm, I've just not been in that place of rest. I didn't realize the reasons that I wasn't. I've just been in this place and hadn't understand and understood where the, this anxiety was coming from. But I just want to reach up, God, by faith tonight and say, Lord, I'm responding to you. Trust and knowledge and belief. And Lord, I'm just, I'm just reaching up, Lord God, to you tonight. Would you impart your grace to me? If that's you, you can just raise your hand or stand. Say, God, I, I just need grace. I just need grace tonight. I need grace to settle this storm. I need grace right now just to bring me into the... I just, I'm tired of tired of walking around out here in the wind and the cold and the rain and the heat and the, and the blistering. I just, I just want to walk in and sit down in the coolness of the presence of the Lord. Is that you tonight? Just reach up now. I believe God's releasing. He sees your heart. He sees your heart right now. He knows exactly where you're at. Come on, God's releasing His grace tonight. You're reaching, Father, Thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that, Lord, you're a God of grace. Oh, Lord, this, this pride, oh, Lord God, is me believing I can figure it all out. This pride, Lord God, is believing that I've got to have all the answers. This pride, oh, God, is believing that I can never, Lord God, step out of line or, Lord, your favor list from me. Lord, this... This pride that I'm dealing with, Lord God, 
It's a sourcing of my salvation, my joy, my hope, Father. Only in myself. And Lord God, there's been some life-altering, Lord God. World-shaking events that have taken place in this room alone. I'm praying, Father, for your grace to recenter, to reestablish, Lord God. Lord, we, we don't have the answers, Lord God, other than just knowing you're the answer. God, release that grace. Release that grace right now. Release that grace right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, let it be more, God, than a word. Let it be a revelation, Lord God, that brings a restoration, Lord. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Father, thank you, Lord, tonight. Hallelujah. Could you stand with me just for a moment? Just lift your hands to the Lord. and Maybe this word wasn't for you tonight, but you may need it tomorrow night. Come on. Just, just begin to let the presence of the Lord just begin to permeate this place. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, Lord, for grace. Oh, Lord, that's hidden in humility. Lord, God, thank you that, Lord, that you didn't leave it up to us, oh, God. You left it up to us, Lord God. We never could make it happen. It's just faith and knowing what you have already done. Lord, I pray for peace, rest in this house tonight. Lord, we're not living in the slave quarters anymore trying to work our way, God, by merit into the city. Lord, we're stepping over as royalty in you, knowing that you have done it. Thank you, Lord, for the access to heaven's resources. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Feel better tonight? My God, I do. <laughs> First partaker of the fruit here, man, that's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight I want us to close this service in prayer for a unique ministry. It's called Human Coalition. It was established in 2009. Human Coalition, we had the young lady come and share some time back. But since their inception, they have rescued. It's a it's a alternative to abortion. It is a pro-life ministry. Since 2009, now they go after the abortion-determined women. Those that have determined, I'm going to get an abortion, that's who they target. They have initiatives and they, they go at it aggressively. They go at it with compassion and love. It all began as a tragedy. Gentlemen, that started it, he and who's now his wife, when they were unmarried, they were uncovenanted, she got pregnant, and they aborted that child. And then they end up getting married. And as a result of that marriage, God just overwhelmed them with this need. And God has used this call upon their life. This tragedy has turned into such triumph. 
as they use, God has used this to minister and to rescue. And since their inception, I've got this handwritten card from the young lady that we had here. 26,761 children that would have been aborted have been rescued. Don't tell me God's not working. Amen? Don't tell me God can't to bring treasure and triumph in low places. They humbled themselves and reached out in faith. And God responded by grace. Can we say today, if you're living with that hurt, something that you were deceived into, something that you chose to do, let me say to you tonight, God's grace will extend to you. If you'll just open your heart and let him step in. Stop hiding from it. Stop walking in it. And just say, God, I'm, I can't do anything with this. Can you do something? And just let him step in. Amen? There's nobody looking at you with condemning eyes. We're not, we're not saying to you that we're without fault or failure. We're saying God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is empowering. And God's grace can take this thing that the enemy wanted to destroy you with and he can use it for something good. He will cause those flowers to grow in that garden that had been ravished by the fire of the enemy. He'll use that ashes of those things as fertilizer for the goodness he'll bring out of it. Father, I'm asking right now, Lord God, for human coalition, Lord, that God, that that great grace anointing will rest upon them, and that, Lord God, the children, Father, that would be given up, that you'll rescue those babies, you'll rescue the mothers, you'll rescue the fathers, you'll rescue the families, Lord God. From this spirit, Lord God, that is trying to destroy the seed. Lord, I just pray for healing in this house, healing in this church. For those, Father God, who have carried the pain and the shame of this for too long. Let them know that there's restoration for them through grace tonight in Jesus' name. God bless you tonight, church. We love you. Thank you. 830 prayer.